Welcome to the Life of Iron podcast. Here we talk everything 140.6. So in this episode, I want to talk about the recent decision to host the Ironman World Championships in both Hawaii and Nice in the south of France. Now, why does this matter for you who are um, contemplating doing perhaps your first Ironman or have been doing Ironman racing or Iron Distance racing for a number of years now? I personally fundamentally believe that a connection to the origin and the roots of our sport somehow makes the whole process of, of competing at Ironman or, or Iron Distance events that much more deeper, fulfilling and enriching. And also, I think there's lots of lessons to learn from studying history because history often repeats itself. And I think there's no different for us kind of mere mortal age group athletes as it is for the professionals. So I also think it's a really nice way to connect with the past of our sport and how the sport has evolved over its very short lifetime thus far. If you consider that the first triathlon in San Diego, I think it was about 1978 and it may have been 1976, and then the first Ironman on Oahu in Hawaii, which then moved on to Kalua Kona, was 1978. I think it's really quite like, but the fact that we're alive at this moment in an exciting period of our sport uh, and you can almost reach out and touch the genesis of our sport, I think it's really important actually that as pioneers, as, as people in triathlon now, that we continue to, to, to mould the future of our sport and, and a connection to the legacy is a, is a really important thing. It is for me anyway. This isn't a, a self-indulgent sort of episode of me waxing lyrical about my time racing in Hawaii, whatever. I'm still yet to get there. I've long held an ambition to want to race in Kona at the World Championships. So when it was announced that they'd be having a split in the World Championships and having a male and female race alternating between Kalua Kona, the kind of the spiritual home of Ironman, if you like, and a long history of Ironman races going back until I think it was about 1982 when it switched islands. And Nice, which is also steeped in triathlon history, and, and many people may not know this, but as somebody that's always dreamt of one day qualifying or having done enough races now, I can apply for what's called the Ironman Legacy Project, which perhaps we'll touch upon in a, in a different episode. But I'd always set my heart on racing in Hawaii, and then all of a sudden, each, sub, each alternate year, there's only an opportunity to race in Hawaii every two years now. For those of you that are unaware, um, the people that run Ironman, because of the demand for places and the pressure it puts on the small island of Kalua Kona, the number of people that it can host on a World Championship weekend has outgrown the capacity, not only in terms of the, perhaps the physical infrastructure on the Hawaiian island, but also the community's appetite to support what would be an extended weekend of racing. So let, let's just go back to some of the, the, the past history and then bring ourselves up to date. And whether my view of having a world championships on two different locations in alternate years for male and female has changed or not. So as I said, Kona has been really the sort of spiritual home of, of Ironman racing. And, and many Ironman athletes, their goal, their aspiration or their dream, be it untouchable or within close reach, is to race on, on the big island. You know, the, the legend of that race, the sort of brutality of the conditions, the, the humidity, the wind, and what appears to be really quite a dull course, really, lots of kind of isolation in your own head. 
all really compounds and, and mixes into that being a really tough race and, and the conditions are like nowhere else in, on earth really, apart from perhaps Lanzarote for, for us European racers or anyone that's done Lanzarote, uh, which I have, that's supposedly as, as perhaps as close to um, the Kona conditions as you can get, which is why a lot of athletes go over to places like Club La Santa and do lots of training pre-Kona. Uh, so it's steeped in history. We think of Paul Onibri Fraser, eight-time winner. We think of those first 15 athletes back in 1978 that kind of got together on the back of what was essentially the apocryphal tale is a, a bet between swimmers, cyclists, and runners as to who might be the, the fittest. So the genesis of smashing together three pre-existing events to run the first Ironman and lovely little trophies, which are what we might describe as nut and bolt men for the finishers. That's kind of part of the legend. And, and then we go on to things like Iron War when we had um, Mark Allen and Dave Scott duking it out for supremacy on the island and both coming away as eventual six-time world championship winners. And, and then we fast forward to people like Chrissy Wellington and Daniela Reef and more latterly Lucy Charles Barkley. There's some, some amazing stories wrapped up in, in that race. And so for many of us, including myself, that's the one to go to. Yeah, it had been racing on Hawaii Kona for many years. And then, of course, that period of our lives during lockdown, when everything was put on hold, Ironman was affected as well. So for a couple of years, it didn't take place in, in Kona. And then when it did come back, it was moved from an October event and also moved to mainland USA to what was the Ironman St. George in Utah Ironman race. And again, I, I did that race. It's no longer on the calendar, but that's a challenging race, very different conditions. But it was all about trying to get back to Kona. So when it eventually did get back, of course, there was a massive backlog of athletes that had punched their ticket as qualifiers for the Kona race. So all of a sudden, they've got a, a huge amount of athletes and backlog to get through. So in 2022, they had this idea of having splitting apart the male and female race and having the women race on, I think it was the Thursday, and the men racing on the Saturday in order to cater for the backlog and also the huge demand for places. And so for the average athlete, I guess that worked great, but it didn't really work for the local community who had to trade their sort of their freedoms of getting around the island for what was now doubled the amount of time. So I think the appetite for the community to support it wasn't quite there. So Ironman made the decision then to split apart the male and female race. And one year they'd race in Kona and then the alternate year they'd race in Nice in the south of France. But why Nice? Nice in itself is also steeped in triathlon history. I think as far back as the early 1980s, there was the Nice International Triathlon. Not quite over the Ironman distances, but not far off and... This, in terms of European heartland of triathlon, then Nice was very much it. And people like Mark Allen raced there many times and, and won that event 10 times. And Pauline Newby-Fraser uh, won it as well. And that event then morphed into France, Nice. And also Nice has more recently hosted the 70.3 Half Ironman World Championships as well. So um, steeped in European triathlon racing tradition as well. But to be honest, you when it was announced, I think most Ironman athletes were a bit meh. I, I, people like Jan Frodeno um, came out and you know, expressed his kind of displeasure or confusion around um, the, the decision. And I think most athletes were probably thinking, yeah, 
but it's not Kona, is it? And and I am one of them. I, I hold my hand up. So I'm I'm one of those athletes that thought, are you taking away that that dream of mine to race in the world championships? And whilst it was still on the calendar, there's half the opportunities now to race in these because it's going to alternate each year. My, I was on a bit of a downer about it. Didn't particularly like the idea. Didn't like the decision. I think it's probably fair to say that most triathletes, most Ironman focused people who probably felt the same way as I did. You know, I can't speak for everyone, but I don't think it was universally a great, it was received as a great idea. So then bring ourselves up to the present 2023 and we had the first iteration of the Ironman World Championships and this year in Nice in early September, it was the men's race. And then in October, the traditional time for the Kona big dance, if you like, was the women's race. And I have to say that both races were amazing. And if we go to the men's race, Nice put on a great show, I think. Like I say, it's got a lot of experience of doing so. Ironman France is a well-established race there. The racing on the day was amazing. Sam Laidlow pretty much leading from the front. Patrick Langer trying to chase him down and just running out of road. Jan Frodeno's last kind of big dance, big throw of the dice. Could he bow out of a stellar career? as Ironman world champion. It didn't work out for Jan, but he honoured the race and honoured the tradition and finished that race and still in a time that perhaps you and I would dream about. The support on the course was amazing. The course at Ironman France or the world championships is a technical one. It's got lots of climbing in. I've done Ironman France a couple of times. It's an amazing race. The bike section is pretty much uphill for the first half and then downhill, quite non-technical, but still technical elements to it. So I think Ironman France or the World Championships in Nice represents a different challenge for a different kind of athlete. So we saw Sam Lodo winning convincingly, but it was a great show. And the build-up online was fantastic. If you've never experienced Breakfast with Bob, go check it out. It's a really nice way to get into the sort of World Championship spirit of, of the week and get really excited about the big race. And then the Ironman coverage itself, despite loads of advert breaks and all that thing is getting better and better each year so you can follow the race and being based in the united kingdom watching it at a reasonable time in the morning throughout the day and having it on tv on youtube was brilliant absolutely amazing and then it was the women's turn in october the more traditional uh, time of year and this time like the men the women had the day to themselves and, and no different really the racing was amazing Lucy Charles Barkley pretty much led from start to finish, broke the Ironman uh, World uh, Course record time. Annie Howe coming in uh, second and breaking the the run course record. A stacked stellar field. You had Chelsea Sodaro, you had Daniela Reef, Kat Matthews, Laura Phillip. You, you just had anyone who was anyone in women's Ironman racing towing the line. So, uh, you know, and for Lucy Charles Barkley to win, having come second on the previous four attempts, it was an amazing race. And of course, Breakfast with Bob and all the build-up and the coverage on the day, again, lived up to expectations. So we, we actually had two really decent world championship events, but in very different locations. So how am I left with now? Previously, I thought, what a dumb idea. Really don't like that. I've got to say... I. I'm really impressed with what Iron Man have done. Yeah, am I kicking myself? No, uh, I actually did qualify for the Iron Man World Championships in Nice, 
Um, if you think about that, I've always wanted to qualify and then I did qualify, but I didn't take my place. Um, and, and, and the reason why is Ironman uh, World Championships in Nice was scheduled a week before or after, can't remember, Ironman Wales. And I'd already committed to Ironman Wales. Now, I could have deferred. Of course, I could have done. But in actual fact, qualifying was great to get that email. But the reason I qualified is I came 70th in my age group. Now, I'm in the 50 to 54 age bracket. I came 70th in that age group. Pretty decent time. I got 10 hours 45 at Hamburg. But to qualify for the World Championships, having rolled down all the way to 70th place, wasn't necessarily what I had in mind when I picture myself qualifying. When I picture myself qualifying, I'm in the top 10 or I'm on the podium. And I know that's a stretch goal for me, but that's what I had in mind. So to take my place, having come 70th, I, I didn't think felt right. Um, and the reason why they were sending out notifications on email is because, quite frankly, I think a, a lot of people who had qualified for a place at Nice didn't really want to do it because I think, back to my previous point, it wasn't Hawaii. So I think Ironman struggled to fill the, the men's field because people like me were turning down the opportunity. Now, do I regret it? No, I don't, because my best mate, Rob, um, had also qualified and he got his uh, email slightly earlier than me and had turned it down because we were going to race Tenby. So when it came through, I thought about doing the World Championships and then a week later doing Tenby or the other way around, can't remember. But then I came to my senses and I, I declined the offer. So there's a part of me that is really proud that I am a qualifier, but it didn't really feel like I deserved that. So passed up on that opportunity. And, and I think they're going to struggle, perhaps. I think they're facing the same problem getting an uptake for the women's race. And so Ironman have broadened the qualifying criteria to get it going. Now, I understand people's hesitancy to want to race in Nice because it's not Hawaii, of course. But I think on reflection, the event that they put on in Nice was amazing. The, the racing was fabulous. The support was just out of this world. So I think given time, the Nice race will establish itself really well on the calendar. I think we've just got all got to get our head around it. As for the Hawaii race, again, having women just uh, on the race course, I, I think perhaps some women might say it's great to have the men there. So we're, we're an equal opportunity sport and we race together. The Ironman prize money is the same for men as it is women. But there was some that really did showcase women's racing and how awesome it is. So I think there's a lot of positives to take away from that. For me, I'm a convert. I've got to say I'm a convert. I, I still have my ambition to want to race at the World Championships in Hawaii. That hasn't gone away. Of course it hasn't. But the fact now I have an opportunity to qualify for another World Championship race, which is relatively on my doorstep, Nice is less than a two-hour flight away, gives me some, it's a bit of uh, variety and flexibility in that. So now, and actually, instead of having one major goal, I've got two major goals. I want to qualify and race at the Hawaii Ironman, of course, but I also want to qualify and race at the Nice Championship. So actually, I've got two opportunities. So I've got double the opportunity, double the fun and everything else like that. I think it's a great thing. But my key takeaway, really, from having watched and been glued to my YouTube set for both the men's race in Nice and the women's race in Kona is that actually what made the events was the amazing field, the, the quality on show and the, the racing and the spectacle. So 
I'm rather left with this idea that it doesn't really matter where the location is. What really matters as a spectator is seeing great racing. And we saw that with the men's race and we saw that with the women's race. And actually it showcased the women's racing far more than it would have done if men and women were racing on the same day. For us age groupers though, what does it mean? I started this this episode talking about how being connected to the legend, the lore, and the evolution of our race racing is really uh, important. I find it interesting, but also think there's an importance to it as well. I think this is just another stage of the evolution of, of Ironman racing. And to be part of it and to witness it is something really special and u- unique. And even though we're mere age groupers, I do find it really quite motivating to see the pros battling it out and seeing what they do and learning and perhaps trying a few things out myself. Or just even imagining that I am a professional running across the finish line and taking the, the kind of the, the tape there. We can all dream, can't we? Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to listen to more or read some of the articles I put out on a weekly basis, please get yourself across to lifeofiron.co.uk. Thanks very much. I'll see you on the next one.